Go ahead and give that praise to the Lord. feel like I'm among kinfolk here today, just breaking down and letting my hair down if I had some, and uh, worshiping and having a good time. I was thinking a while ago, I was standing over on the border out there, these, uh, these lively ones were out here in the front, and the less lively were standing in the back and around. They were, they were here and worshiping, but they were not up here, and I was on the border over here, and and so I thought, I'm going to get right out here in the middle. And when I did, I felt something. I tell you what, if you'll do, you get out. Get in the middle of it, you'll feel something. Yeah, it's tough talking weather in here today. Hallelujah. Just let go and let God have his way in your life today. Exodus 1-1. Thank you, Pastor, for this great opportunity to preach to some of the finest folks in the world. Uh, I, I know that because I know you, and you are some of the finest. My Lord, we've had a good time around here for about, what is this, 78 years going on now uh, here in Bethlehem, and this is, this is just a great church, and you're, you're looked up to among our ranks, and I appreciate that. God bless you. Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man in his household came with Jacob. Where'd they go? Where'd they go? Help me out. Where did they go? Egypt. The writer here probably was showing that in a short time how much they increase by comparing the numbers. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher, and all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70. Everybody say 70 people. For Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation. And you know, um, I've been around long enough here to watch almost an entire generation, maybe going on the second generation of people that's died. But the Bible said, and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied. Wow, what a lineup of words that this writer used about the children of Israel. Let's do it again. We're fruitful, help me now, increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty and the land was filled with them. Woo. 
Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on. That's what he said. Sounded like Biden there, didn't he? Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. That's what he said. <laughs> I didn't, that just slipped out. That's, I really didn't have that in my notes, I promise. Come on. He said, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. Well, here's that word again, huh? And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithom and Ramesses, but the more they afflicted them, watch this, but the more they, help me now, afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. I don't know if you picked up on something here this morning out of this reading, but they were fruitful, increased, multiplied, waxed, exceeding. Bible said again, multiply, multiplied another time. But in the midst of this, they were afflicted, right? Now, let me preach to you for a little while a message entitled Revival in Egypt. I just want to tell you right now, to start with, in case you don't get it, get it right now. If they could have revival in Egypt, we can have revival in Bethlehem. If they can have revival in Egypt, we can have revival all over this world. Somebody lift your hands and accept that. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Up to the descent into Egypt, I think it was a period of some 215 years, the Hebrew family had increased only to 70 souls. But from the going down to Egypt to the Exodus, 215 years, making that 430, the 70 souls had multiplied to some 600,000 males, of course, plus their wives and, and children, giving it a population, somebody said 2 million Somebody else said three million, so somewhere between probably two and three million people. Seventy to three million. I wish somebody would figure it up for me what that percentage was of growth. Now that was a type, Egypt was a type of God's children. Egypt 
Israel being in Egypt, the Israelites being in Egypt was a type of God's children in the world. You get me? Some of you don't get me. Y'all quietened up. Do you get me? Egypt was a type of the world. Even with her glory, her arts, and her shame. It was really a type of sin itself. Heathenism being the worldview. Egypt, however, became a necessary, it seemed like, school for the Hebrews. It prepared them, yet they had to learn not to yield to the, to the seduction and sodomy uh, and heathenism of Egypt. They lived there, but they didn't have to yield to it. They set taskmasters over them, the Bible said, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. It was difficult. It was hard. Hence the policy was to break the, their power and check their increase by reducing them to servitude. But they did not lose their identity. They made the best workers. They were the witness of the day. They, even though they were afflicted with hardships and heartaches and trouble and, 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 and to the point it was rigorous, they did not come back being harsh and mean. They produced even in their bitter state. I'm preaching today. No matter how tough it gets, we can still be a child of God. No matter how tough it gets, in our, we ought to be the best worker in our factory. We ought to be the best Christian in our factory. Oh, yeah. And so, even though they they were they were reduced to servitude the children verse 7 said and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and help me now and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty and the land was filled with them what are you saying i'm saying there was revival in egypt There arose a new king that did not know Joseph. So they regarded the Israelites with dislike and scorn. He said to the people, they're more and mightier than we are. He probably was not accurate in his numbers, but at least the influence of the Jews scared him. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the church got bigger than the world? I'm saying one more time, if there was revival in Egypt, 
there can be revival in 2023 in Marshall County, in North Mississippi, in America, and around the world. Praise God, praise God. New king, or another king, one that didn't have the appreciation for what the Israelites had done for their land. They acknowledged not the favors of Joseph, but their numbers affected the system. The political world, it seemed, recognizes the power of the church or Christians, quote unquote, the evangelicals, and how we can influence, amen, elections and how we can influence laws. So they sought to destroy us or them and eliminate them. And I am preaching you to you today that that's where we are right now in the society that we live in and in, 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 the, in, the, in the way America is made up right now. They don't appreciate what brought America to where it is. They'd like to do away with all the memorials. I, I, I didn't plan on preaching all this, but I, here I am. They don't appreciate what brought them here. Let me tell you why America has been blessed. It's because some people long years ago, before they even moved over here, decided they wanted freedom. They wanted liberty. They wanted victory. And it was because of the Christian movement, if you will, that America has been blessed. You watch it now. If they, if, if they kill us and destroy us, when we out of here, you talk about trouble. When the church is gone, you talking about trouble. You talking about a curse. You talking about being destroyed. You talking about being an evil nation. So there's a new king arose. The generation of, jo of, of, of Joseph had died off. And the new king didn't appreciate what Israel could produce for them and had produced for them. The Bible, in fact, said they built treasure cities I think if you go back and dig now in Egypt land, you would find the ruins of the mighty brick buildings that was built. And again, it was a Christian movement that caused America to be blessed to start with. Let me tell you something. They may try to afflict us. They may try to make laws that come against our values, and they do it. They do it. But I'm telling you what, we keep more people out of jails. We keep, we're saving the government money by seeing people get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and delivered. Yes, we do. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to people here. You were once a prisoner. You were once in jail. You were once supplied by the government. But I'm telling you, we're saving them money. They ought to appreciate us. But we're living in a time where they don't appreciate what the church had done. Oh, yeah, I said it a while ago. You think it's bad now. Just miss the rapture and be a part of the Antichrist age. 
But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. As rough as it was in Egypt, the church grew. Revival in Egypt. You would think that mothers there would not want to bring a child into that kind of atmosphere where they were hated and, uh, and afflicted. But, but, I, but I find out, I, I, I read last night that an ancient writer wrote, the mothers in Egypt produced sometimes at birth three or four children. Whoa. My mother had 10. But she had, somebody asked, Mama, it was Martha, it was your daughter, I think, yes, it was Tammy, wasn't it? Rachel. Rachel asked, Mama Wilson said, Mama, you had 10 children. How did you have 10 children? She said, one at a time. <laughs> but these mothers in Egypt, according to this ancient writer, had three or four. I'm going to tell you something. If that was the Egyptians having three or four, According to what I'm, I, I'm, I'm reading in the Bible, the Israelites were multiplying more than they were. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wanted to come to the point someday, Pastor, it's not one or two we're baptizing, but we're baptizing 10 and, and we have 10 and 15 and 20. The more they come as, oh, that's right. Do it again, God. Do it again, God. Do it again, God. If they can have that in Egypt, we can have that today. Hallelujah. Saul was consenting unto his death, ate one of Acts, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And what happened? Thousands were added to the church in a two-year period. I want to suggest to you, let persecution come. It's, thank you, Pastor, for, what was it, Wednesday night? Seeds of revival. My God, what a message. If you didn't hear that, if you weren't here, how do you get it? Go to B.C. That's not... The kind of powder you drop in your mouth. Hallelujah. We got something better than BC powder. But go to BethlehemChurch.org. Tune in on YouTube and listen to it one more time. I want to tell you something. My God, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But I want to tell you, if 3,000 was added to the church on the day of Pentecost, that's just seeds compared to what we can see in these last days of what God wants to do. I got this statistic, I'm thinking 20 years ago. No, 24, five years ago, perhaps. At, one, at that time, one, at one time, one every 18 minutes, we're getting baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost. 
I don't know what it is now. I want to think it's three times that many or four times that many because I'm hearing about revival everywhere. I don't, I'm, I'm hearing about trouble and I'm hearing about Christians, if you will, having a hard time in this world, but I'm also hearing about revival. I'm hearing about people being added to the church. If in the first 215 years, 70 was, 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 was the number, but the next 215 years, two to three million, come on now, and we've had 350, if you will, or more. Oh, my God, I don't know how many we baptized over 75 years. But think now what's going to happen in the last days. Now the increase. If it's 350 in 75 years, what can we have in the next few days prior to the coming of the Lord? What are you preaching? I'm preaching to you about revival in Egypt. The Bible said the land was filled with them. After Pentecost, the disciples filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. Is that not Bible? Brother Carson, is that in the Bible? Pastor, is that in the Bible? Anybody know that was in the, they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. How did they do it? Door to door, house to house, person to person. Come on, we talk about having revival. We talk about adding to the church. You know why? You know why we're baptizing people in Jesus' name? It's because you're getting them to come to church. This sister over here, where, where is she? They just got, just, if she hadn't come to church, most likely she wouldn't have been baptized. William, my God. I'm so happy about you. He called me this week. He was so concerned about his baptism. I said, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you hadn't started coming to church, most likely you wouldn't have been baptized. What are you preaching? What am I saying? I'm saying if you'll get them out here, most likely we can get them in the water. But if you don't get them out here, most likely we're not going to get them. Oh, come on. Come on, we, we, we can say, God, you send them. No, what we got to do is reach for them. Go get them. Bring them in. Fill Jerusalem with our doctrine. Fill Jerusalem with our doctrine. Pastor, I was thinking this morning, the outpouring of the Spirit of God in this place and worship, that didn't come just by music only, but it come through music. Thank you, Brother Ethan, for giving us some songs we can shout with, we can praise with, we can rejoice with. I believe he's in tune. Come on now. And I, and I watched it, but I thought the reason we got what we've got here this morning, people all over this front, is, is all, we just about need to take out another pew here so we can get more room up here to shout. But if we do that, we don't have enough room back there. Come on, so we're going to have to start shouting up and down these aisles. Come on. Thank you, Brother Carson. He said, get out of your comfort zone. Sometimes, my God, you know what? I wouldn't want to go to church either if people didn't worship. I wouldn't want to go to a dead, dry church where they couldn't feel something. So if you want to be a witness to somebody, you get up off of your feet sometime. You run these aisles. You shout. My 
my God. My Lord, I'm telling you, come on now, feel Jerusalem. The increase was a sign in the Old Testament of God's favor to the individual. Talking about the increase. Happy is the man who has his quiver full. That men are children, by the way. Oh, Lord, I could go off on not dogs and cats, but children. To the nation, Jeremiah 30, 19 said, I will multiply them. And they shall not be few. Woo, somebody ought to take that. By faith. You ought to take that by faith. I will multiply them, multiply them, and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. Come on now. You don't have to stay around 20 and 30 in church all the time. You don't have to stay around 100 all the time. You don't have to stay around 300 all the time. Come on now. I'm telling you. He said, I'll multiply them. They shall not be few. That was for the nation and to the church in Acts 9, 31. The churches were walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. They were multiplied. Every day, somebody's added to the church. How do you know that? Because the Bible said he added to the church daily such as should be saved. There's no blank day in the registers of God's family. I think of Brother David Stanton. Wilma's here. Betty's here. Their daddy, years ago, he'd come in the church let me tell you two things he said, okay? Come here. Boy, that's a nice-looking suit. Man, you, you look pretty good in it. You, you need to wear all them you can. Y'all didn't get that. No. But he'd look at that suit, and he'd look how pretty it was. He said, rich folks can have anything. <laughs> but I remember one, one thing he said. He'd come into church, and he'd put up one finger. I want to preach about this sometime. If you'll let me preach some other time, if I do all right today, maybe will you? He, 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 he would say, one more time. I'm going to tell you something. I want to say every time we come to church, one more soul. One more soul. Ten more souls. Come on now. Oh, yes. So there was not a day in the birth of the church record or registers of births. There was not a day that there was not somebody added. The Lamb's Book of Life has a page for every day and names on every page. Although some pages are more crowded than others, there's at least a soul every day. My God, if you're not baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, why don't you get your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life today? You ought to come out of that aisle right now. Say, take me to the baptistry. I don't want to wait. I got to be baptized in Jesus' name. I want the Holy Ghost. I want my name added to the church. Just let me preach about that. Can I get a little mileage out of that? They say, Whoever they are, oh, you don't have to join the church. We agree with that. 
You get born into it. These Israelites were born into it. They were not proselytes. They were not coming from, if you will, other nations. They were born in Egypt to the Israelite family. Am I right? Oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you one more time that we get born again. Amen. We are added to the church. If you're going to go to heaven, if you're going to be saved, you've got to get added to the church. The way you get added to the church, somebody tell me how you get added to the church. You repent of your sins. You get baptized in Jesus' name. You get the Holy Ghost. You talk in tongues. You come to church. You be faithful to church. You love God. You pray. You win souls. You pay your tithes. You pay your offerings. And I can give you a whole lot more do's and don'ts too. But I'm here to tell you, I'm glad I was added to the church. Part of that number. Part of that number. more difficult situations come, the more determined you ought to be to serve God. If there was revival in Egypt, don't tell me that you can't have revival in your family. Don't tell me you can't serve God. Let me tell you something, devil, you don't back us up in the corner. We whip you on our knees. And that's the way we're going to win is we're going to win on our knees. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God. Hey, don't expect to be saved if you don't have a prayer life. That's not in my note, but I'm preaching it today. Don't expect to be saved if you don't have a prayer life. You need to get up in the morning and pray. You need to pray sometime during the day. And you need to pray again before you go to bed tonight. You need to have a prayer life. I just don't, I just have a hard time making it. Pray. Mm. Wow. Revival in Egypt. That's what I'm really supposed to be preaching now. Patrick, some of you didn't know Patrick. He was our son at 23 years old. He died at 23 years old. Taught Sunday school. Taught uh, young, the, the young people's class and one of the I think probably the last few days of his, of his teaching he taught them he said don't you know when you get to heaven you want to ask Peter the apostles just tell me about the day of Pentecost tell me about them coming down out of the upper room. Tell me about 3,000 getting baptized and getting the Holy Ghost. Don't you know that would be something for Peter to tell us about? The Bible told about it, but I'd like to talk to somebody that was there. Peter was an eyewitness of his majesty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, and you know what? Patrick didn't stop there. He said, I think, I got a feeling, whatever, I don't know exactly how he said it, but I got a feeling 
that Peter is going to want to talk to Pastor B. He's going to want to talk to Brother Wilson. He's going to want to talk to Terrence and say, Terrence, how was it? Right before the rapture, what kind of revival did you have? And Peter and Terrence is going to be able to say, Pastor's going to be able to say, we had more souls in the end than we ever thought we'd have from the beginning of time. I'm telling you, there's going to be revival in Egypt. Three times the devil tried to snuff out the Hebrew race. Moses' day, Esther's day, a lot of preaching here, and of course Jesus' day. Pastor, you were preaching the last two or three nights at times, I think, about revival. And all these times you were getting my message. God must have been talking to you too. No way. But I was praying out here last night. Don't forget, don't forget where I was. But I was praying out here last night. God, give me the word for the hour. Help me, Lord. And I was praying. And I was praying for you souls. Some of you souls I was calling out by name. Thank you. William, I called your name, I guess, Lord, I don't know, 1,000, 2,000 times. Mm, I was happy to see you in that water today. But I was praying, I was praying, and it looked like I couldn't pray for, for, for God trying to talk to me. I'm wondering, God, if you'll let me, I'll, I'll try to pray. But he wouldn't let me, if you will. He began putting thoughts on my heart. And then pastor gets up, and he preaches about some of them, the last three. My Lord, I'm telling you, God's in this place. God's in this message. God's been in your word. God's been in, oh, God's Last Sunday night he was here. Thank God for revival. The Antichrist, here, here's where it was. You mentioned it Wednesday night, I believe. The end time, the works of the Antichrist are at hand. We may not see him, but we feel the Antichrist spirit. That's why you have a struggle sometimes getting up and getting to church. The devil don't want you to come to church. Let me tell you something. If you want to be saved, you're going to be in church. Maybe I ought to get back here like they do on television and preach this on television. They can't preach that because they think you're saved if you don't even get baptized and if you don't even get the Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you, you need to learn to come to the house of God. If you can come, you ought to be here. Oh, it's, it's not. Hey, I heard them hand claps, but I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that vibration like it ought to be. Woo. Come on, you ought to find yourself. My God, you know, crowds help crowds. I want to go to where there's a crowd. I want to go to where there's a fire. I want to go where there's something happening. And you ought to come and show the world that you love God more than you love anything else.
I, I, I feel the Holy Ghost. Just, 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 just bear with me. Give me a couple of more minutes on this. If you miss church and you can be here, you're teaching your children a bad What should I say after that bad? Bad habit. Bad habit, bad lesson. Bad example. Come on, parents. You may have enough of this to know that someday you're going to come back. You, want, you, you know you ought to be here. You may have enough, but your children may not have enough to drive them to the house of God when they come to the age of accountability. They need to see mom and daddy in the house of God. Worshiping God, they need to see you here. Grandmother, granddaddy, they need to see you here. The more the Antichrist works, the more God's going to work. God's not going to be outdone with the devil's deeds where sin abounds. Come on, get the big picture. Grace doth much more abound. Where the Antichrist sin, where the Antichrist age, when the Antichrist atmosphere, when everything is against God, anti-God, anti-church, anti-religion, God's going to be greater than that. I'm telling you, I'm looking for revival like we've never seen it before. We're building a church building out there. I hope it's not big enough. a whole lot of work out there but I hope it's not big enough it don't have to be big enough I'm just going to sidetrack a little bit if Ashbury can have hundreds and thousands walking through there why can't they do it here we got more truth than they got we got the Holy Ghost we got the word of God we got baptism in Jesus name we got signs, wonders and miracles it can't happen here I'm talking about revival in Egypt What else he said? Greater work shall you do. I think I got one more page. Can you handle it? Shoe company, I understand, sent two men to a foreign country to check out whether they should send a stock of shoes to sell in this foreign country. One man said, no. Don't send any shoes over here. Nobody wears shoes here. You know what the other guy said? The other man said, send all the shoes you can get, can get here. Nobody has any shoes here. What are you preaching? I'm preaching. It may be tough and it doesn't look like everybody wants it, but somebody wants it. Thousands, multitudes want it. Not just here in this little town called Bethlehem but it's happening all over the world somebody wants what you got oh Lord 
Here's the old pastor part coming out in me. If you go to work griping and complaining all the time about everything that's happening, no, they probably don't want what you got. But if you go there with joy on your face, smile on your face, happy about what happened last night, they may tell about what happened in the Super Bowl. They may tell what happened, but you ought to be able to say, look what happened when I was at church last night. I saw three alcoholics get delivered. I saw people come and get off of drugs. I I saw it happen. I saw it happen. Revival. Out of the last and greatest persecution of the Antichrist, God will have a number that no man can number. Don't you want to be in that number? There was no small stir in the disciples' time. They come asking them, what meaneth this? I go, I go around community. People watch us online. Thank the Lord. I'm so happy that you're watching today online. Thank you for that. It makes us feel good, and we're honored that you take out a few minutes to sit in your living room and watch us online. I'm so happy that God's reaching for you. That's the reason you're watching it today. God loves you enough to let it come through the airwaves. Isn't that right? Oh, yes. And I want you to know, I want you to know that, that we ought to live our lives in such a way that people ask you with that smile on your face, what in the world does that mean? Where did you get that? And you could say, I got the joy that no tongue can tell. It's joy, unspeakable, and it's full of glory. I preach many of funerals, and I got one paragraph that I like to say a lot of times at the end of the funeral. Come on now. I like to tell them that there is peace that only comes from God. There's only joy that no tongue can tell. No amount of alcohol, no amount of drugs, no amount of pleasure in this world that will ever satisfy that longing. Way down deep inside, come on. That's what you ought to be able to say because they're asking you what meaneth this. So in the last day, we must not be deceived disturbed nor distracted come on because come on because there's too many people out there that's lost that's undone that's away from God come on that needs to be added to the church come on you know what you know what they sought to do to the Israelites they sought to weaken and diminish them afflict their minds lest they multiply Afflict them, afflict them with burdens and heavy taxes and break their spirits to ruin their health and shorten their days and diminish their numbers to discourage them from marrying since their children would be born to slavery. I'm here to tell you something. We're not about to give up. We're not about to quit. You still, still have babies. Keep on having your babies. Keep bringing them to church. Keep letting them get baptized in Jesus' name. It's going to happen, and it is happening in the end time. I just want to be a part of that. 
Somebody said 72% of people would come to church if they were asked. Think about it. 72% of people would come to church if they were asked. How many people? Oh, Lord. Bow your head, close your eyes. Bow your head, close your eyes. Will you, will you bow your head? I don't want nobody to be embarrassed. I don't want anybody to be embarrassed. How many of you invited somebody to church this week? Raise your hand. Thank you. You can raise your, you can close your, open your eyes and close your hands. There's a few, but it wasn't enough. Everybody in this place ought to be inviting somebody every week to church. 72% of people would come to church if they were asked. Our job is to ask somebody, tell somebody about what's going on. What we've seen is just seeds of revival. You know what we need? We need a break the net kind of revival. A lot of preaching about that one too, ain't it? Isn't that right? Two ships were by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. No time to wash our nets. It's time for us to put the net in the, in the lake. Right? Launch out into the deep, Jesus said, and let down your nets for a draw. Master, we toiled all night and taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. Come on. You look at yourself and you can get negative if you want to. But Peter, this, 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 this disciple said, hey, we've toiled all night, but you said it. We're going to do it again. You know what we're going to keep on doing? We're going to keep on having revival. We're going to keep on seeing people get the Holy Ghost. We're going to let down the net again. And no telling how many we're going to baptize tonight, maybe even before we leave here today. When they had done this, they enclosed a great, oh, Lord, I like that number, great multitude of fishes and their net break. Wouldn't it be so good? Watch this. Let me finish this verse, Luke 5, 7. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship. They were not even in this church right here. They was in another ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled what? Both the ships so that they began to sink. Wouldn't it be so good? Brother Brian, wouldn't it be so good that we'd have so many people we're getting, trying to get baptized and pray through and decide that we had to call the next Jesus name church over the way and say, come on over here and help us. Bring your church over here. Come on, come on. We're going to help us. We'll load your ship up too. Come on, this is not, this is not, a, a one-man show. This is not a one-church situation. It's kingdom business. Brother Hakeem, it's not just about Bethlehem. It's about souls everywhere, churches everywhere, being filled, being filled. It's time to have a net-breaking revival. Get another boat revival. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I was talking to a, an elderly man. When I say elderly, he's got to be older than me to be elderly. That's my opinion anyway. <laughs> he was he's probably 83-ish. He told me, 
told him about what's going on out here in the new building. And he said, I see you having church seven nights a week. Wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. Hold on. Some of you said, I can't even come three. I agree, you can't. Some of you can't. Let me say it this way. Some of you ain't. Not that you can't, you ain't. I know that's not good English. I went to Potts Camp School. Hallelujah. But he said, seven nights a week, you'd have a preacher for every night. Wouldn't it be something if we had to have pastoral staff that had seven pastors? One for Monday. Let me back up. One for Sunday. One for, where are we at? Monday. Come on, help me. Tuesday night. Wednesday night. Thursday. Friday. Saturday. He said, I, I, I'm, I'm taking it out of every day. There were, from what he said, I saw a thousand people coming. He said, they're coming out of Memphis. When he told me that, when he told me that, I think it was the next Sunday, maybe whatever. Where are you, where are you from, Brother Terrence? South Haven. That's Memphis. In one sense of the word, that's Memphis. We, 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 we probably got in here four, five, six counties here today. I'm telling you, you don't, you don't have to sit in a small little town of Bethlehem of four or five hundred and have have 30 people in church. My God, God wants to give us revival in. Oh, help me. Revival in Egypt. I'm closing with this. It's time we not only have a revival worldwide, nationwide, statewide, and churchwide, but we have our own personal revival. I'm saying for the church to have the biggest revival, it's going to have to start with us personally. Come on now. I'm preaching to somebody, no matter how difficult your situation is in your Egypt, there is revival in your body. There's revival in your soul. There's revival in your home. Somebody ought to get up here and say, I accept that today. If your children's not saved, you ought to be walking this aisle right now and say, I accept that, Bishop. I accept that. If your children not, come on. If you want your children to be saved and they're not, you ought to be walking this aisle right now. You ought not waiting a minute, minute. You ought to be here. Oh, all of you can have a revival in your own soul. Oh, yes, some of you struggling with alcohol. Some of you struggling with drugs, perhaps, or nicotine, or whatever it may be. You may have a Egypt in your own mind, but God's able to give you revival in your own soul, in your own soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Lot was brought out. Lot got out of Sodom. The Bible said he delivered just Lot. He can deliver you in your worst of your circumstances. Whatever your revival needs to be in your own soul. Come on, I take it. Somebody ought to receive it today. Somebody ought to receive it today.
Somebody ought to receive it today. Somebody ought to receive it today. Somebody ought to receive it today. Come on, let's pray. The Holy Ghost is here. God's here to help you. God's here to touch you. Why don't you reach over and pray with somebody? Amen. The Lord's here to work. He's here to move. Hallelujah. He's here to bless. He's here to pour His Spirit out. Egypt, you ought to just go ahead and begin to praise God because there's revival in your, your land of bondage, in your land of affliction, in your land of trial. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Let's lift our voices in this place. Let's shake this place with the sound of our prayers tonight.
place and thank God for his presence. Thank God for his word. Thank God for the outpouring of his spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Whatever you need is available in the spirit of the Lord today. If it's your marriage, if it's your children, if it's your mind, if it's your finances, if it's your health, it's your soul. Everything you need is in Jesus Christ today. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. Reach over your hand towards somebody close to you, and I want you to pray for God's blessing on their life. Many of us, we're, we're living and everything's going well, but there's some here that just need to know that God's on their side. Lord, I pray that you touch my church family, our members and our guests today. Those watching online, God, I pray your presence, your spirit, your anointing, God, your goodness and mercy would touch each life. Grant peace and grace and victory in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord amen how many have enjoyed the preaching of the word today amen at this time i'd like for jay and haley to be preparing to bring their children up here don't forget there's a fundraiser there's a fundraiser out in the dining room of the new building the educational facility so please remember that support be free at this time if the cook family would come I have got a special privilege. Amen. If, if you're all going to stay in here, I need you to be quiet. Was that direct enough? I have a special privilege. I love doing baby dedications, as you know. It is probably my favorite thing to do. Because when you dedicate children, you have a future. And I'm so proud of Jay and Haley. Man, I'm so proud of you too. You're doing so good. I'm so thankful that you're here. And I get to dedicate their two beautiful little girls, Tegan Grace Cook, born August the 27th of 2018, 6 pounds, 10 ounces, 20 inches long. Grandparents are Brenda and Mitchell Cook on the father's side, on the mother's side, David and Janet Barkley, and also Sky Lynn Ray Cook, born January the 26th of this year. Seven pounds, nine ounces. Looks like she's not much bigger than that now. She's so, so tiny. 20 inches long. Grandparents also, Brenda and Mitchell Cook and David and Janet Barkley. Bishop Wilson preached this morning about the responsibilities of parents. And these parents and this family have brought Tegan and Sky Lynn to present them to the Lord according to the example of the Word of God. The Bible is filled with promises for Christian parents. 
The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And so Jay and Haley are bringing their children in obedience to this command to raise their children in our faith. She's not hurting one thing up there. In the Holy Scripture, Samuel was brought by his parents to the house of the Lord. And they said, for this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition. Children are an answer to prayer. And in response to knowing that God had answered their prayers, they said, therefore I have also lent him to the Lord. And as long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And that is what this family is doing today. They're bringing their children to the Lord with the commitment and the prayer that for all their lives they will seek the Lord. Jane Haley, I want to tell you something you already know. Parenting is not easy. I'm going to tell you something else that you already know. That God promised he'd help you. I watched this morning that a baby that 17 and a half years ago I held her on her first night and I watched her laying hands on people and praying with them in the Holy Ghost and so I'm telling you with the promise from God you can raise these girls to know God Paul reminded Timothy that from a child he had been taught the Holy Scriptures and Jesus said suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of God. And so over the years, over the months, Jay and Haley have watched me do baby dedications. They've been up here while family members of theirs have been dedicated. And they know that really what is happening today is they are dedicating themselves as parents to obey the commandment of the word of God to provoke not your children to wrath, but to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And so they have come, they have come to bring their daughters before God. And by doing so, they are reaching out to the promise of the word of God in Proverbs 22 and 6. Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they will not depart from it. Jay and Haley, you are putting your hands on a divine promise today. And so if it's your intention to present Tegan and Sky Lynn to the Lord and to pledge yourselves to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, please answer we do to the following promises. You just let her cry because that way when I take her and she's crying, it won't be my fault. Do you here recognize that these children are gifts from God and give God thanks for his blessings? Do you here on this day dedicate these children to the Lord who gave them to you? Do you here on this day promise to give these children every possible benefit of homeschool and church to protect 
and to provide for them? Do you ask God's blessing upon their lives to guide, guard, and direct them through all of their years and to raise them in the truth of God's holy word, putting the Lord first in all matters? And do you promise to live an example of faithfulness, holiness, and virtue before this child in such a way that your words and actions do not conflict? This is my favorite part. I think I'll get to hold one. I don't, will you let me hold you? There's revival in Egypt. Amen. Bishop, will you help me pray? Why don't we all pray together?